Assurance of Pardon is sponsored by Logos Bible Software, the most advanced Bible study tool for both ministers and laypeople. Available on iOS and Android for phones and tablets, as well as on your Windows or Mac computer or laptop. Get the most of your time in the scriptures with Logos Bible Software. For more information and 15% off your next Logos package plus five free ebooks, visit assuranceofpardon.com slash logos. Now on with the show. Welcome to Assurance of Pardon, a podcast about the gospel, the Bible, the church, what it all means and why it all matters. I'm Scott Davis, pastor of Hope Presbyterian Church in Hot Springs, Arkansas. And I'm Gage Jordan, assistant pastor of Youth and Families at First Presbyterian Dyersburg in Dyersburg, Tennessee. Gage, we are taking a break from our series on Christ in the Old Testament. Last week, we had Chad Bird on from 1517, their scholar in residence, to talk about that very thing, about Jesus in the Old Testament, and to tell our listeners about his book, The Christ Key. And we've been getting a whole lot of encouraging feedback from folks who were really blessed by hearing Chad uh, open up the scriptures and share Christ from the Old Testament. Before I introduce our guest, I want to remind everybody our podcast is sponsored by Logos Bible Software, and we have a special arrangement with Logos Bible Software. Our listeners can go to assuranceofpardon.com slash Logos and get a special discount on Logos Software, five free books, and a great way to get the most out of your time in the scripture because it's just the ability to open up so many commentaries at once and and look at things and really, really drill down. So if you are short on time in reading the Bible, uh, make the most of it with Logos Bible Software. We are glad to have them sponsoring the podcast. And it is a joy to have with us today our friend Gretchen Ronovic. She is the author of a new book, uh, Ragged, Spiritual Disciplines for the Spiritually Exhausted, published by 1517. Uh, Gretchen lives in Fergus Falls, Minnesota, with her husband, Canute, and their six kids on a family farm. And Gretchen, thanks for joining us today. Oh, I'm so excited to be with you guys. We are jealous because we are in the South, where it's super hot all the time. All the time. And I looked at the weather in Fergus Falls, Minnesota right now, which I'm sure is not always enviable, but it looks like it's getting down into the 50s at night and like a high of like 81. That's glorious because it's 181 here. It's like our favorite time of year, the end of summer, beginning of fall. It's just everything is pretty. We have summer that lasts until October. So that's that's what we have. (laughs) Yes. We have have first summer and second summer. It's kind of like Lord of the Rings with first breakfast and second breakfast. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Gretchen, uh, Gage and I got a chance to meet you at the 1517 regional event in Northwest Arkansas, where your book was debuted. Uh, but since this is your first time on Assurance of Pardon, uh, tell us a little bit about the book and and what prompted you to write it. So I've I've always been fascinated by spiritual disciplines. I think my my background has always tried to really, I've always tried to be on top of things, be kind of the the super Christian, making sure I'm doing all the all of my part of the growth of all of that. And um, it got to the point where. Um, as I became a wife and mother, I realized that I was angry at my family often for disrupting this perfect ideal spiritual life that I thought I should have. Um, and also I, I, as my kids got older, I started a mentoring ministry and found that um, this is an area of, of life where um, a lot of law gets heaped onto us. 
and understanding um, law gospel distinctions really um, transform the way that you can approach spiritual disciplines in a, in a, a way of freedom instead of this, um, this constant guilting yourself or, or berating yourself for not being this, this ideal that you think you should be. Yeah, that is that is so helpful. We were talking a little bit before we started today about, well, let me just say this. This book is a blessing to anyone who reads it, because if you're a Christian, then you are no doubt weary and heavy laden and you need mm-hmm. rest. But I can, as I read this, as a as a, a husband and a father of five kids, I can tell that you're a mom. I can tell that you're a mom <laughs> and that you are, although you are speaking to the church universal, this is really resonating with moms, I have to believe. Is that is that been the feedback that you're getting? Yeah, I'm I'm surprised how much feedback I got that women are crying through the first couple chapters, yeah. like just all out weeping. Um, I, I honestly wasn't expecting that, but that's the um that's the overwhelming um I've heard a lot of pastors really like it. A lot of a lot of a lot of men are like, this is really good stuff. This is really helpful. But I hear from the women. I I had to put it down and cry for a little while before I picked it back up again. Yeah. Um, just the mm-hmm. the depth of that exhaustion is really um, addressed, which I, I don't think of it as a sad book. It's just I think it's addressing the, the elephant in the room that we're all looking at of we're all, all trying and we're all failing. And let's talk about it. It It's yeah we, yeah, we had about a five hour drive back from Northwest Arkansas back to Tennessee after the, the conference and we were reading it. Um, I was reading it while Katie was driving and just underlining, highlighting all the, the stuff that was jumping out at us. And I've since given that copy away. I had to buy a digital copy because I kept buying paper copies <laughs> and then giving them away. So so I'm, I'm handing, handing it out. <laughs> I almost thought about buying and just like handing it to every single person that came in. To, to church because uh, it, it's that it's that valuable and that that important so we're, we really appreciate your your ministry there yeah that's a good that's a oh, good problem thank to you have so much that, thank you if you are a if you're a mom today you are uh looking at social media and you are feeling uh well there's this sort of i think that it was originally kind of called pinterest guilt where you you log on and <laughs> pinterest leads you to believe that uh, everybody that you know and everybody that you follow has a house that's better decorated than you, has kids that are dressed more adorably than yours are. Um, look, You see these first day of school pictures and the kids just look like they stepped out of the Sears catalog. And you look at your I look at my kid and he has jelly on his face that's on his face <laughs> because he didn't. It's from last night's bedtime snack, right? It's not like it's it's not like a leftover from breakfast, and you know you just feel like, am I the only one who's not keeping it together? And and so there's that sort of secular guilt with with mm-hmm. Pinterest guilt of everybody's house is cleaner, everybody's house is better decorated, everybody's kids are better cared for, and then you add on top of that the Instagramming of your morning quiet time which has got to be the most pharisaical thing ever. Uh, Yeah. uh, I've never. And yeah, it's, um, and, you know, to be honest, I I've done it. I think we've all done it. We're trying to, to somehow justify ourselves or hang on to a good moment that we have. Like I had a good moment in the word and I want to remember it because this isn't every day. Mm -hmm. Um, It, 
it's this, um, this ideal. And I think that um, there's probably some good intentions behind all of this. I, I, I see in a lot of, um, a lot of women's ministries or if I will go to speak at an event and, and hear other speakers. And there's just a lot of, um, they, they see the end goal of, we want to get women into the word and we want, we want them in the Bible. And so then we're like, so let's just say whatever we need to say to get them there. Yeah, that's right. And what ends up happening, what starts happening is this, uh, manipulative talk that really doesn't come from scriptures. We, we say, you know, being in the word is good and, and hiding the word in our heart is good and, and waking in the morning is good. And when that's, when that struggles to, um, to happen, all of a sudden we're just like, well, something must be wrong with me. Yeah. And so a lot of the books that I read on this were, this, I, I think for a lot of the books on spiritual disciplines by men that I read was a lot of how to, which was really great information, but it was really impossible in my life to, to make happen. And a lot of the ones written by women were, you have to understand this is important. You have to understand this is important. Please understand that this is important. Um, you just have to want it enough. You just have to power through. Yeah. And um, I just had to stop and ask myself, where's the gospel in this? Where's the gospel? And almost the message was, well, if you work hard enough and are diligent enough, you will get to the gospel message. And I, I just kept thinking, we have something totally and completely backwards here. And so, yeah, I, I wanted to write a book that really flipped that idea on its head and saying um, the gospel is in in all of the, the failings. God is with you, um, even if you can't get it together. And he is disciplining you even when you're not disciplined. Um, and it was it was frustrating to me when I was first writing the book and trying to, um, to get it published, how many people were just like, well, women won't buy that book. You're, you're not giving a tidy solution, you're not giving <laughs> a new, you know, a new method or a new fad. What, what's your system? And I'm like, my system is the Holy spirit. I don't know. Like, it right. was exactly. Just like Exactly. Um, and, yeah. and that, and that's true across the board, right? Like, so not, yeah. not just with spiritual disciplines, that seems to be the mantra in evangelicalism. We've talked about this yes. a lot on, on the show yeah. of just like, I think you, it was such a good word to say God is with you even when you can't get it together. And I think that's, mm -hmm. that's good news because guess what? None of us can get it together. Um, but yeah. what I, what I have found though, in, in being a pastor and whether it's talking to adults or um, it's, talking to students or even hearing like other guys in town go and preach and teach to students. Um, a lot of it really is do more, try harder. You got to really white knuckle this. You got to, you know, you got to get it together. You got to, got to try harder. Um, so when you don't tell them that, right. When you don't mm -hmm. tell them, Hey, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to really browbeat you on reading your Bible or praying more, or I'm gonna make you feel uh, guilt trippy. They don't know what to do with it. Cause what they, what they want you to do is like, well, tell me what I need to do. Make sure I don't mess up again. Right. We were even talking about that 
this last week with the kids and, and talking through repentance, right. Mm -hmm. And talking about like, yeah, shared the Luther quote at the beginning of the 95 thesis that all of the Christian life is a life of repentance. Well, if that's the case, then, then what does that look like? Right. And, and even then you could see the law in, in their minds and their, their hearts. It was just like, well, I've got to make sure I do that. And I, and then I got to make sure I don't do it ever again. Right. And you get in this, this trap of remorse or, um, resolution, right? Remorse mm-hmm. of, I can't believe I did that, which, which mm-hmm. means you don't really understand your yourself and your sin, right? Or this trap of resolution. I'm never going to do that again. So then when you don't wake up at five o'clock and Instagram your quiet time, were you a failure, <laughs> right? Like when, yeah. like when, when I got into that, that part of the beginning of your book, where you were, were talking about how you had that good morning and everything was fine for about two and a half minutes. And then yep. five, three kids come in and then the dog and then, and then all these other things. And you're like, don't you people know I'm trying to spend time with God? Like, what is your problem? You know, I was like, yeah. yep, yep. Yep. I'm a dad, I'm a dad, <laughs> dad of an almost two year old. And that is absolutely true. Um, so Gretchen, I know you mentioned kind of the research, but where do you think as a whole in the, in, in American Christianity that we've just maybe gotten off somewhere on how we even understand what spiritual disciplines are? Well, I think, um, I think it's one of these areas where we don't understand that prosperity gospel has sunk into it instead of the gospel of the cross. We um, were made a lot of promises that we can't, that shouldn't have been made. Like if you, if you get up and read the word, your day is going to be so much better. And maybe it's not, maybe it's going to be an awful day. I remember several times successfully doing a quiet time and then, having an awful day and almost blaming losing that sleep in the morning. Like if I would, if I wouldn't have been, if I would have actually gotten sleep, maybe I wouldn't be so cranky and yelling at everybody today. And just um, almost this, this promise that if the Holy Spirit is working on me, that means I'm going to have smooth and easy days and my life is going to go wonderful. And when that promise is broken, it starts, you start thinking psychologically, well, what's the point even? Like, why, if I'm not getting what I was promised, then why am I putting all of this effort? And so it feels like a lot of promises that shouldn't have been made, followed by broken promises. And um, really understanding, um, I don't know, one of the things I, um, I was talking with, a, a, a Lutheran friend of mine. And he's like, that's the thing about Lutheranism. We don't have to pretend about that things are fine when things aren't fine. Like where it's, it's very, which I know uh, Presbyterian is very much the same way where it's, um, it, it's okay to say you're wrestling. And in fact, even identifying that wrestling is good and something from the Lord um, to not pretty things up, but say, this is the reality that I am living in. And this is God being with me in that reality. Um, I feel like to talk about it is to give uh, young women or the the readers um, something real so that they can go through their Christian life, not pretending and not trying to, to get their act together, but say, okay, my, my everything is the Lord. And, and I am completely dependent on him. This is, this is something that's real. It, it's a real promise. It's not this 
idealized prosperity gospel of everything is going to go right if you can be this good of a Christian. Yeah, yeah. I recall um, I recall Michael Horton on the White Horse Inn years ago saying a, a Christian publisher, maybe his, his publisher, uh, told him, if you'll figure out a way to work the words personal transformation into the title or the subtitle of your book, we promise you'll sell more copies. That this is this is what sells is personal transformation is kind of getting your getting your proverbial crap together. I think I can say mm-hmm. this. It's our own podcast. <laughs> getting our crap together. Um, that's what that's what uh, the evangelical world is peddling is s- tips and strategies, right? Yep. Whether it whether it be bullet journaling or or um, um, some sort of productivity in the Christian life so that my life doesn't look like a dumpster fire. Um, and it's, it is absolutely just driving people into more despair and back into more law um, yeah. with this sort of straighten up and fly right Christianity. And I love, I love one of your quotes, one of your quotes in the book, you said, spiritual maturity isn't pious independence from God, but a deeper dependence on him. The Christian life is to sink into his sufficiency, not prove that we can do it on our own. I wish that that was not such a revolutionary thing to say. <laughs> I wish that that was not yeah. such a scandalous thing. I wish that that was a that everybody would read that and go, well, yeah, of course, everybody knows that because that is such a, a helpful thing that weary pilgrims need to hear. And uh, we're so, we're so grateful for your book. Oh, thank you. Well, I, I think about the, the diversity of the Christian church. I think a lot of, especially in the publishing world, think about the quote unquote average, but like, what about the mom who lost her son who, who died and she's still grieving five years later. And it's just like, all she's being told is get your act together mm-hmm. instead of God is with you with your grief. Or right. what about um, one of my kids is special needs and he will always have certain struggles. Are we saying you can, once you get your act together, then you can have Christ or Christ is always with you. Or even mm-hmm. um, parents or older people in the church as they're going through um, dementia or degenerative diseases of some sort. Um, We have this, I don't know if it's Americanized or prosperity gospel of, we always have to be getting better. Right. And really we're going to be getting older and then we're going to die. You know, it's it's not going to get better. This is the reality of, this is the reality of death and to know that Christ is never going to leave us no matter how bad it gets. I think that's the message of hope that we need more than any inspirational get it together, you know, message. Um, It's just rooted in the reality of this is, this is life. And some might think it's depressing, but on the other hand, I've met too many people in my mentoring ministry afraid to talk about how much they're struggling and to say, God is not bothered by your struggle. It's just this huge burden off of their shoulders. Yeah, I have a, a pastor friend who who has something said something to me years ago that's been super helpful. He says every morning I wake up and I look in the mirror and I say to myself, "Has Jesus come back yet?" And if the answer is no, I say, "Okay, 
then today is probably going to suck, <laughs> which is, <laughs> which, you know, uh, and that, I, that's, that sounds like the opposite of Joel Osteen. Yeah, yeah it, is, it is. And that's why, that's why it's actually so refreshing because yeah. it's real. And I told that to, I was in a, I'm in this interdenominational pastors group that meets one day a week. And I shared that outlook uh, uh, with all of them. And they looked at me, as Luther would say, the way a cow eyes a new gate. Like, <laughs> I, I don't, you know, like I, I, I don't think I would don't tell people that you can't tell people that right. like it was a really scandalous thing, but right. Um, I've, some of our listeners may be familiar with this. My frustration in the church today is that we have a view of sanctification that I call uh, Jenny Craig fat pants. And what I mean by that <laughs> is every ad for Weight Watchers or Jenny Craig is always a picture of a real skinny chick who's really attractive with makeup on, and she's standing in a giant pair of pants that she used to wear, right? That with her thumb in the mm -hmm. waistband. This is me before Jenny Craig, and look at me now. Don't you want to be slender and hot like me? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's our vision of, I think that is unfortunately the way we have cast yep. sanctification in the church. Yep. Is oh, look, absolutely. Look at me yep. the way I was before I came to Jesus. And now look at how attractive I am. Don't you want to be more like me and less like what I used to be like? Um, and that's, that's not to say that there's not a place for sharing with people how the how, how, how you no longer do meth and sharing well, with people. And how, but I think what I, I didn't realize going into the book is that the, the book is an awful lot about sanctification. It, and when you're talking about the Christian life and um, I think a lot of people push back saying, well, aren't you going to be transformed? And I'm like, well, of course you're going to be transformed. Like, mm -hmm. of course, having Jesus um, changes you. It's just, you don't get to direct that change. Like, like he's the one directing it and he's probably sanctifying you in ways that you don't even see or ways that you don't even want to be sanctified. I mean, he, he goes straight to the heart of a lot of issues. Um, so it's not that we're, we're not going to be transformed. Um, it's that it's going to look a lot messier than we wish it would. And it's going to be, um, it's going to get to a lot of issues that um, I think a lot of times if we were directing our sanctification, we would do it in, uh, a very manageable way and we would want it to do like not inflict upon our life too severely or right. or we would go the other way and we'll say let's go ex extreme as possible and let's you know be completely sold out to Jesus and we would want it to look a certain way and when it doesn't look the way that we want it to look it really can affect our assurance it can affect um it can affect our our faith in God, what on earth are you doing? But when you understand that it's the Holy Spirit who's sanctifying us, then instead of trying to direct it, we can just start looking, Lord, what are you doing? <laughs> start asking questions. What, what, what are you wanting to do? It's so exciting to see him at work and, and less frustrating. On the same, on the same sense, I, I was telling someone, I, I fight with God a lot. And um, I was telling, I was meeting with a young, young woman and we were dealing with a very similar situation. And she said, well, how do you deal with that? And I said, well, I kind of walk into a field and I just start yelling at God about it for a little mm -hmm. while. Like that's, mm -hmm. I said, whether or not that's right, I don't know. 
but that's what I do. Yeah. And, um, and she's like, well, how do you get away with that? And I was just like, well, I suppose it's confession for sin that I'm stuck in Mm. that. I'm just calling like, I'm, as I'm sinning, I'm confessing, this is what's happening and I don't know how to fix it. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's the Psalms, right? Like, yeah, (laughs) like, like, I am just, I'm stuck here. I don't know. Um, and the older I get, the more I realize, um, I recognize that tension in that fight. And I probably give in to the Lord more easily than I used to. I'm just like, okay, this is going to be a big fight and I don't have the energy for it. So we'll just do it your way, God, which is not super, it does not reflect very well on me, but sanctification often looks like that where it's just like okay god i know you're gonna win and this is your battle so have it your way (laughs) yeah that that's what i think so many people uh struggle to believe they struggle to believe that he who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it right they 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 struggle to believe uh first thessalonians 5 which at our church almost every sunday i do the same benediction now right. may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole soul, uh, may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. I I think in our Bible Belt Southern evangelical culture, that's the first that we are most, that, that we are most need to hear more than anything is, is, is that promise that there is no one justified who God does not sanctify. Right. Mm-hmm. Or, and, mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll pick on, on our tribe as reformed people for a minute. Um, Cause I find this as their pastor on a regular basis, we're really good at explaining total depravity and explaining like our sin nature. We're really bad at Philippians chapter two. It's, it's God who is at work in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Like we stop at work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And we think that's the, that's the work we got to do, right? We got to just white knuckle it. We got to make sure we're afraid. (laughs) We got to make sure we're trembling. Right. And instead of hearing, like you said, like, I don't have any good advice for you. I don't have a five-step program. I do have the spirit who has promised to give you a desire and to work out that desire. It may not be the way you want him to, but that's, Yep. The promise he has made that you actually can hold on to. And that's really good news because that means when you don't have it together, when you don't really have a desire to or any of those things, all of this is happening outside yourself. And that is the best news in the entire world. So, yeah, we're hopefully yeah, I, we're going to put a, a link to your book in, in, the, in the show notes. And please, 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 everybody listening, go buy this book. Like for sure, yeah. for a lot of reasons, if nothing else, Gretchen's got to buy school clothes and, and, <laughs> and take care of these kiddos. I got six kids. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Couple, couple of fun questions before you go though, though, Gretchen. First, what was your favorite chapter to write? Oh, that's a hard one. Let's see. I would, I'd probably say writing the first couple chapters were the ones I was probably most passionate about of having people understand what dependence looks like. The chapter on prayer was probably the hardest to write just because I don't know if I'm doing it right. I was just like, how, who am I to, <laughs> to say how to pray? Um, and and so that one was good. However, that 
the one that I wrestled through the most, I've gotten the most feedback on of this is the one that, that changed their prayer life where they, they stopped editing so much and just starting being honest with God. And so I, I, I was very grateful for that wrestling as well. Wow. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm looking through my, uh, I'm like Gage. I've, I've bought physical copies of this book and Kindle copies. And I'm looking through my Kindle highlights. Scripture never displays the spiritual disciplines in a legalistic fashion. You won't find a list with details of how much, how long, or how often you must practice meditation or prayer or lament. They're just a part of life. The Holy Spirit will offer these things to you for each situation as needed. He calls us to participate in our restoration, not contribute to our restoration. Super helpful. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think, you know, kind of in pattern with, you know, what uh, we've been talking about through this whole season about the Old Testament saints, it's not as if the New Testament saints figured out how to do tr- spiritual disciplines and then passed it down to the rest of the church, right? Mm-hmm. Gretchen talks about going into a field and, and scream praying. Hey, that's, that's Job. So Job yeah. finally gets, <laughs> he's, he's got sores, he's bald, everyone's dead. You know, if this were dumb and dumber, you know, our pet's heads are falling off. Like he's just <laughs> like, like, and eventually he just like goes for it. That's, that's okay. David, every other Psalm feels like he needs to take his annex, right? You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, uh, he, he's, I love you. You're great. You're you're so, so awesome. Where'd you go? Why have you left me? Why are things like this? Why is this happening? And then if you need a page from the cranky old man in the corner, there's Ecclesiastes, which yeah. like you would think eventually <laughs> gets good. It's straight 12 chapters of just like, Hey, everything else sucks, but Jesus, like, it's yeah. just <laughs> like, you yeah. know, and, and, and I think that's, that's encouraging because yeah. I don't think that's how we're reading our, our Bibles. And so when we're struggling to be a David or to be a Daniel, we don't really even know who they are, right? We don't know that Abraham lies not once, but twice about his sis- his wife being his sister so that he doesn't mm-hmm. get beat up and killed. And then teaches his son how to do it because Isaac does the same thing later on to the same mm-hmm. king who's like, uh, no, not falling for this twice. Like <laughs> we're, we're all, we're absolutely everybody, but Jesus is a dumpster fire. And, and, I, and I think that's actually really good news if we, if we think about it. So another, another fun question for you, Gretchen, you mentioned you have six kids, you mentioned you're a stay-at-home mom. Which is your yeah. favorite of the six kids? No, 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 <laughs> oh, oh. Not, not going there. Oh, oh, not okay, going sorry. there. I'll, only a, only a dad with multiple kids would say that, but um, <laughs> you also are helping run a farm. You also mm-hmm. classically homeschool your kiddos. How in the world did you find time to write a book? So I, I learned about, I don't know, maybe seven, seven years into homeschooling that I was going to completely burn out and I can't do this anymore. And life is hard. Uh, we started implementing um, a day away from the kids once a week for me so that I could have sanity. That sounds yeah. very awful. No, but it does I, not. I, I, my, my, so. wife, my wife is going to listen to this and she's going to immediately go. So a day away. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, well, I was dealing, you know, if you read in the book, I was in the car accident. I, it was something that um, after the car accident, I, I was physically and mentally not okay. And so um, there was an older homeschool mom who uh, helped me out 
uh, once a week that I could just get away and not have anyone hanging on me just to see if that would make a difference, if I could hang on a little bit longer. And then uh, we started, um, I started getting the idea for uh, a training program for mentors called Gospel Mentoring. And my husband was just, this is, hopefully this won't, explanation won't be too long. But my, uh, I, I told my husband, I said, I think I want to, uh, one day a week, just work on writing. And, but we're going to need a babysitter, more longevity than this, this other family helping us. And so, um, yeah, so he took money out of our savings account for six months worth of, um, of babysitting. Um, so I could complete this project and then the project would hopefully pay for babysitting to continue on, uh, which it did. And so once that became um, self-sufficient, then I was able to start working on the book one day a week. And so and then uh, when COVID hit, so I signed the contract to write the book in February and then in March, COVID shut everything down. And so I didn't have a place to go. Um, no restaurants or to leave my house to even write. So I wasn't sure how that was going to work. And my pastors offered me a little office in our church for me to come work. So I've got this little writers in residence space that uh, my pastors did to support me. So that's how that kind of all happened. <laughs> so, that's so awesome. six days a week, I'm mom and homeschool mom. And then one day a week I come and be writer. And so that's, that's, great. that's how that works. So is, uh, yeah. is the ne- next book gospel mentoring? Is that kind of, well, there was a lot of interest in that, but um, about half the book gospel mentoring kind of turned into ragged. And so there's probably, I don't know if that book will ever be written, but there's still an online program out there that you can get for free. Um, that a lot of churches use to train older women, to train younger women in, in got- law and gospel distinctions and principles and stuff. So that's still out there. I don't know if that will ever turn into a book, but I'm I'm working on another one now. That one's back burnered indefinitely. So, yeah. That's okay. Well, the the, <laughs> the the ladies in our church uh, have a have a ladies book club that meets um, on two different days a week here at the church, and uh, your book is is one of the ones they're going to be uh, all doing. So we're going to be buying oh, a big thank you. a big box of them to give to the ladies in our church, <laughs> and so we're. We're, uh, I'm excited for them to read it. That blesses me so much. Thank you so much, you guys. You're so welcome. Well, hey, uh, thank you so much for taking some time out of your uh, not very busy schedule, um, <laughs> and uh, and sharing a little bit with us. My wife is my wife is jealous that she couldn't be on the on the call with us and and participate in this, but she is being a busy homeschool mom taking yeah. the kids to uh, some something today. I, I don't even know where, where they are. They're doing something <laughs> homeschool related, and I don't know what it is. It's something with other homeschoolers. Um, <laughs> so anyway, they were running late getting there, and she said, we're going to be so late. And I go, it's a homeschool event. It's not going to start on time. You're going to be fine. <laughs> She's like, you always say yeah, that. And then she gets there. She sends me a text that goes, you were right. They hadn't even started yet. We got here 20 minutes late. So, yeah, Gretchen, we will put a link to uh, the book in the show notes, and we will also 
let folks know about a, a giveaway of the book on all of our social media channels. And it is a signed copy by the famous author herself so <laughs> that we were able to secure because we have friends in high places. So be watching for that. And Gretchen, once again, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Absolutely. And, and as always, guys, be, be on the lookout for that giveaway. We'll wrap up uh, the Christ Key giveaway next Friday, August 27th, and then we'll kick off uh, giving away Ragged. Uh, excited about that. Uh, you can always follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, uh, or you can hit, a, hit us up on the website, assuranceofpardon.com, or email us at contact at assuranceofpardon.com. We would also encourage you guys, if you haven't already, uh, be sure and subscribe uh, to our friends at the Society of Reformed Podcasters. We get uh, have the privilege of being a part of that fun group of guys to help with, with studies like this, like spiritual disciplines and how to, to thinking law gospel distinctives and, and all, all the good things. And until next time, this is Assurance of Pardon. God bless.